Welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable with your host, Mindy Harley. Warning, listening to this podcast might cause you to shatter your limited beliefs, recognize your potential, and motivate you to be the best you can be. Other side effects may include, but not limited, to grabbing life by the balls, taking no crap from anyone, becoming an unstoppable force at various aha moments to get you thinking outside the box. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. I'm your host, Mindy Harley, and I'm joined by my guest host today, my husband, Sean Harley. And this episode is going to blow your mind. So with that being said, I want you to take a deep breath. I want you to get into your heart. And I want you to listen with an open mind because today's guest is a filmmaker, media host, author, actor, poet, speaker, and above all, a true seeker and a spiritual activist, Sean Stone. So you guys, Sean began his spiritual quest at 10 years old, and his father was taking him to Tibet, Nepal, and India to illuminate the stark difference between those worlds in Hollywood, where he was a child actor in Oliver Stone's films like JFK, The Doors, and Natural Born Killers. And he took his summer jobs for Jim Brown's American program and saved the children while still in high school, and then studied American history at Princeton University and Oxford before writing his senior thesis on the modern history of the New World Order, which is now available from Trine Day and Amazon. And then he began his own filmmaking career by apprenticing under his father on Alexander, shooting the behind-the-scenes documentary Fight Against Time. On the film W, Sean worked as an editorial consultant, and on the TV series The Untold History of the United States as an associate editor. He also starred and directed in his feature film Greystone Park in 2012 based on his real-life paranormal experiences in a haunted mental hospital. And in 2020, he published the cosmic fairy tale Desiderata by Ali, now available from Blackstone Audible. His most recent release is the poetry book The Ephemeral Shades of Time. And Sean is a graduate of the Baron Brown Studio and has starred in multiple features including Nightwalk, Union Bound, and Fury of the Fist and The Golden Fleece, which he also wrote. He has directed the documentaries A Century of War, Hollywood DC, and Made a Human with Deepak Chopra. His short films include Singularity, which is a dystopian warning about a plague that leads to a totalitarian surveillance state, as well as the short film Anarkali with Bollywood star Javid Jaffrey, adapted from the fairy tale of a kept woman seeking her independence in modern Mumbai. Sean has hosted the reality show Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura, the interview program Buzzsaw, formerly on Gaia TV, and the RT news show Watching the Hawks. You guys, get ready for a mind-blowing hour. I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome everybody to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable, and this really is an episode that you should be able to unfuck yourself with, I would like to say, and we have none other than Sean Stone on the show today, and also Sean, my husband. I feel like I should rename this between two Seans or something. <laughs> uh, we've got, got two we've got two Seans on the show, and Sean Stone, uh, if you have been living under a rock, I'm going to get you up to speed real quick here so you know who we're dealing with and so that you can understand the authority and the authenticity and the urgency of the topics that we're going to be discussing today okay so um sean you know started his spiritual quest at the age of 10 um when uh, his father took him to tibet and nepal and india um and it was really to illuminate between you know hollywood uh where he'd been a child actor um in his dad's film such as uh jfk the doors i could not stop watching the doors i swear sure, uh, yeah. natural born killers mm -hmm. Um, and he took um, he took jobs for Jim Brown's American program, uh, Save the Children, while still in high school. And then he studied American history at Princeton University and uh, Oxford before writing his senior thesis on the modern history of the New World Order. And it's now available. You can get that on uh, Trine Day and Amazon. So go check that out. And Sean began his own filmmaking career by apprenticing under his father on Alexander shooting behind the scenes documentaries for Fight Against Time on the film W. Sean worked as an editorial consultant and on the TV series, The Untold History of the United States as an associate editor. 
So he's, he's done so much work. You guys, I could go on for, I just, I mean, like I said, if you don't know who we're talking to, just go check out his IMBD and check out the magnitude of work that he's done in his lifetime. And thank you, Sean, for being on the show. So great pleasure guys. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And today we're discussing your, a little bit about your latest uh, release, of course, and that would be the best kept secret, which we're doing our best to make it no longer a secret anymore and getting this information out there. So we were blown away. Um, You know, you started this journey, like I said, you started this spiritual journey at 10 years old, you know, and you're, you're in Hollywood and you know, here you're in Hollywood. I mean, what else is there to say, right? Your 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 dad's making movies. You're, you've got one foot in in the spiritual side, one foot in in filmmaking, and you know the the world here in society. At what point did something click in you and say like this is my like this is what I want to do? Like I need to start making these films and start getting this information out to people. Uh, <laughs> well, let's see. It's a journey, as you say. Yeah. Um, I think it's like, you know, talk about like being privileged. You know, I grew up privileged in the sense that I had comfort and I had material comforts. Um, I never really lived in Hollywood in the sense that people probably think of Hollywood um, because Hollywood is an idea. It's been sold to the public in a way of red carpet events and glamour and sort of this idea of celebrity, right? And everything that comes with it. So when you're, you know, I say, instead of going on summer vacations to like, I don't know, someone's yachts or something, you know, the Bahamas or whatnot. It's like, we were doing these trips to like India and Tibet and Nepal and, you know, and at, at, in African countries to basically, to really expand my consciousness, my worldview, right. To understand the contrast that exists in this world. And so it, it really woke me up in an early age, um, going to Vietnam. I remember at, at about 12, 13 years old, um, to the memorial there and to just, understanding the consequence of the action of the invasion of, of Vietnam, essentially really what America did in those really what seven, you could say longer, really 10, 10 years of fighting, you know, presumably under the pretext of fighting communism, but really about establishing a a false, uh, a false dictatorship there in you know, in keeping the country divided and killing millions of Vietnamese in the process. It's like, you know, you, you realize the consequence of history, right? And the act, and the, this is living history that people are feeling in other countries that you don't get in America because it's like the news stops talking about it when the war is over and you just go about your life. Well, many veterans obviously in America live with the consequence of it and understood the horrors of what it was. Um, so for me, it was like I was eye-opening as a kid to see how, how do you say, to see the, 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 the dark side of American history Mm-hmm. And my father, as a filmmaker, obviously documented it in many ways, you know, showing the excesses of Wall Street, showing the assassination of Kennedy and this mystery of the deep state. Right. Uh, Nixon, you know, also in a way subject to a coup d'etat, not really clear on what all it was that worked to take Nixon down. But he himself was a creature of the deep state in, uh, to, you know, in many ways. So the point is that I was really curious as a, as a high school kid reading history and I was expanding my mind reading books about the CIA and how, how our operations around the world since world war II were designed to destabilize countries to rig elections, uh, you know, foment coups, um, or, or organ help death squads proliferate. I mean, things that are just not talked about when you're normally in a, in a history class. And I was the kid in class that was like, well, what about this? You know, <laughs> and he was like, you know, and he you. was just like, he really like, it was like, you know, they would like, it's like some of the kids that were more like conservative, I guess you could say a right wing. They were like, you know, you're a communist. I'm like, just cause I'm pointing out what like, the, you know, the, 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 the horrors of what the deep state does. And it wasn't called deep state back then. It was just like, you know, you just talked about CIA, right? Like yeah. you know, CIA black ops and stuff. You know, just because you pointed out doesn't make me a communist. You know, it's just you. But these are human beings that are affected by this. And, you know, mm-hmm. who are we to decide or not even we really who is who is about who is the financial uh, purveyors of death? Right. Who is financing this? Who is benefiting? And so you start looking at the connections. You start connecting the CIA to the banking system and the Wall, the Wall Street crowd that really, you know, essentially the higher ups in Wall Street 
that it seems to be serving, right? And the financial interests of, of a centralized uh, banking cartel called the Fed, right? That is privately owned. And you start to, you know, so you start to strip away things that I started learning that people figured out later, you know, 2012 Occupy what was a 20, 2008, 2012 time period, Occupy Wall Street, I can't remember yeah. the dates, but in that yeah. time period, like people started talking about, oh, the Fed is a private thing. It's like, yeah, well, I'm glad you guys <laughs> started to realize it. So in a way, like it was like my education system in a way was like, it was a precursor to many things that would occur there thereafter. Mm. So I would continue to, to research and want to learn more. And then I started doing the uh, Buzzsaw interview program in the 2010s um, as a way of having conversations and dialogue on many things from this, from the alien question to the, to the supernatural, to the conspiratorial. Um, and a lot of stuff that just, you know, that came out with like Q drops and whatnot in the, in the Trump era. Um, it was like, well, these are the things that I've been talking about. And this is, how do you say, I mean, we were onto the Epstein stuff. I mean, I was at the beginning of it, but I interviewed Conchita Sarnoff about Epstein back in 2015, 16 time period. Right. So oh, it's yeah. like, it would just be like my interests would would go in a, a direction, and then oh, I would I guess I would just be like a a way shower for others to pick up. Not that I was alone. There's others obviously before me and concurrent mm -hmm. to me that were doing similar work. And it's just like I feel like what we do is we're here to sort of spearhead with our interests and our curiosity shifts in consciousness, so that eventually the people start to catch up, and you get you know you get lots of people starting to talk in ways that you know now they're talking in ways that. Five years ago, six years ago, I was like the weird guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure in the last two years that conversation has really come around of you know the stuff you've been talking about for a long time. Just the masses are starting to come awake to all this stuff now, huh? Yes. So hopefully that hundredth monkey effect uh, kicks in pretty soon and it gets into the the mass consciousness, huh? We can only hope. <laughs> yeah, and I and I feel that's what we're we're seeing now, where people are finally like the the information you know has in a sense, has always been out there, you know, it's been hidden, or it's been disguised as a way to, you know, it's, we're helping or whatever else, and you're not really helping you dig a little deeper, and it's like, oh, okay, what's really going on here, and mm -hmm. all of this information that's coming out now, you know, it's, again, like, same thing what you're saying, like, I've known about this for years, like, people are, you know, dropping, you know, Nuremberg trials, Nuremberg trials, well, for you, you did, you know, the movie in, in 2007, uh, Nuremberg, uh, uh, a vision, for, um, a vision restored. Right. I mean, it's just well, that's, like, that's a, that's a funny story because actually I was working on the documentary that ultimately we didn't, I don't, uh, I don't know what happened to it because the guy that was the investors and the producers, ultimately it fell apart. But, um, yeah, I dug, I was deep into it and I was really interested. I wanted to get into the documentary exposing the fact is, as many of the investigators pointed out, they didn't really, they didn't try the, the banking establishment of America and England that helped put to put the Nazis into power in the first place, and not just put them in, but traded with the enemy all through the war. You know, there are great books on the subject, Rockefeller Standard Oil trading with the enemy, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Ford Motors trading with the enemy. These things were happening all through the war. There was a lot of economic collaboration. And then the guy that was really the, the chief architect of the, of the Nazi uh, financial empire, Hosmar Schacht, um, you know, he comes back, he comes over to America. I mean, he's basically an American German. He's like, he's totally in bed with the, with the financial class here. Um, and yeah. you know, the, so it's like, you, you, there's a lot, say the crim the war criminals that were tried, it was, it's just like, you know, you try, you try the generals, but you don't actually go to the, to the, obviously not beyond Hitler, like to the, to the finance, uh, financial class that put Hitler in power, that financed him, that backed him, right. That paid him. Um, that right. whole class continued on. That's why the Nazi, engine you know a lot of people complained over the years about like volkswagen being a nazi company right um or the whole thing about like well what about um ig fobin which you know created the zyklon b and all these chemicals ultimately essentially becomes monsanto yeah, um, yeah bear lot, yeah. you know bear i mean a lot of these companies and, uh, a lot of Prescott companies bush did he out. sell arms george bush's he, grandpa was an arms bush's, yeah, yes bush um both i think both sides but uh was roland harry was it roland roland bush was it roland bush or prescott, prescott bush? i can't remember bush. which bush it was, it was prescott. prescott yeah that that um got his company seized um union bank was seized uh during the war there's i mean this again there's just oh. it's so deep yeah the, the, the relationships um i was you know again i was looking at it at that time i i can't i'm not versed as well on the subject right now but the point mm -hmm. is that yes you have to look at who benefits right and it's the financial class 
that's that that creates um how do you say that, that creates these syndicates these cartels in terms of whether it's oil whether it's uh, arms right mm -hmm. whether it's chemicals drug companies mm -hmm. and um and then people you know it's like it was a great documentary just came out a few days ago I, I called who owns the it's called oh, stop world control is the website and it's called monopoly and it basically just shows how the, the major shareholders and this is publicly traded companies if you just look at who the major shareholders are it's just a handful of companies you know yeah. the BlackRock, Black uh, Rock, Vanguard, Vanguard, Vanguard yeah. right State Street um, uh, Berkshire Hathaway I mean it's just like it's a small group of people and if yeah. you really look at it it's like it's, it is a thousand interlocking corporations that own the most of the most of the wealth of this planet so conspiracies are not difficult to to contrive when you have this small and elect group of people with that much power and influence it's just it's it's like it's no brainer that they can create conspiracies in fact they they're so good at creating the conspiracy that they change the laws right they write the laws so that they change it so it's not even a conspiracy anymore because it's not violating the laws once they once they've changed the laws just like the vaccine mandate it's like yeah, well, it's yeah. a conspiracy no more once they actually mandate it and try to force you to do something, right? Yeah. The ag their agenda may not be clear to those who are being forced to do it, but you have to ask yourself, why are people why are people trying to achieve this? Why are they trying to force something? Why are they trying to achieve this end? That's when you have to start to question and you become a conspiracy theorist because the agenda is is not necessarily out there for, for the mainstream public to figure out. It, it's it's in think it's in conferences and think tanks and groups mm -hmm. that meet at the World Economic Forum or at the Bilderberg Club where there are no notes taken, right? Yeah. Those are yeah. private meetings amongst the most powerful individuals in the world. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, it's not like it's it's crazy to, th to think that they have an agenda and yeah. to, to say, well, you know, we know that the consequence of these agendas, be it GMOs in our food or, you know, the, the nature of uh, Monsanto spraying uh, glyphosates into everything, you know, into our, into our water supply and all that, it's not exactly healthy. So why are we crazy to say that they don't have a, a, a positive agenda? The proof is in the proof is in the public. Why is it you know Americans are overweight? We're we're poisoned. You know we have autoimmune disorders. Kids have you know huge autoimmune disorder issues. That's not you know it's like that's just the consequence of other people's agendas. Mm -hmm. And you could say it's about profit all you want, um, but obviously there's like there's a certain level of morality that goes into selling crap to people or to, you know, to putting crap into, into the food and water and air. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's, that's the thing, like at that point, and I try to tell people sometimes it's like when, when you're at that, you know, level and you're, you're up here and you've got all the money, all the power in the world, try to, try to get any, it's, it's that power has been in generations Try to get into the mindset of what they they think, you know, they're what they feel that they're entitled to, you know. The, yeah, do they want to play gods? They feel that you know this this earth and the population is up to them to decide how they want to control. And what we're seeing, what I, it's that separation from uh, you know the law of jungle to law of man, right? And pulling us away from our connection with spirit and source and um man thinking okay i'm going to be in control and be be the god here right and go you know it's it's trying to get into that mindset of like okay what do you think these people are you know actually planning on doing right like they think that they are operating as gods of the world you know it's essentially essentially i mean there's it's a when you've ingrained class systems you know in america we didn't we didn't we weren't supposed to have it but there was a class system that was created um, the same as you know, what England has institutionalized for, for centuries. And you go to places, you know, you go to England and you feel it. I mean, you feel the nature of aristocracy. It's ugly. Mm -hmm. It's really ugly. I mean, to be around that kind of attitude of the aristocrats and their, you know, the way that they look at, 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 at uh, working class people, it's like, it, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like a racist, you know, when, you know, white racists would look at black people. It's very similar psychology. Yeah. And and so in America, we you know, we do have class systems. The class systems oftentimes have been around the financial class, um, you know, banking families that are have made their fortune, you know, over 100 years ago. And they're you know, they're they, they have a certain sense of entitlement and privilege. Um, but it's in a way, it's also like it's becoming see what the deep state really is about. It's I talked about a bit in my deep in my book, New World Order. It's, it's, it's like creating a permanent bureaucracy, 
permanent political class, right? So you go to like a Washington DC and it's like this, these people are, their whole psychology is only around power and getting more power and, you know, changing, you know, you name it, changing the laws, changing structures. And I mean, there are some, there are some good people operating there, but again, money talks when you talk about power. And so who's financing the lobbyists, right? Who's, you know, when you look at who's financing the Democrats and Republicans, it's the same major donors, right? Same major conglomerates. So what they do is it's like the, you know, it's like the, the old joke. Well, the Democrats harp on the big corporations, right? The big financial conglomerates, and then the Republicans harp on the, on big government, but big government is, is in bed with the big international corporations and conglomerates. So yeah, you can't, yeah. you know, you can't Find just pick on one without seeing that you have to change both. You have to affect both. Yeah. 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 You know, and I think that's where, like when you start your series, when you're first thing, you went it right into the Franklin scandal. And, you know, I think a lot of people on the right can see the corruption of the people on the left, but they may not see it in their own party so much, you know, but what the Franklin scandal showed us was, you know, the Republican party was there in Omaha and they were flying them right to DC, right to the, you know, taking kids from Boys Town. Old, uh, what's his name? Larry King was cruising around in his big Cadillac, picking kids up from Boys Town, private planes to DC. And they had these kids, you know, there's that interview, uh, Conspiracy of Silence came out in the 90s. The uh, documentary from Discovery Channel made it. And they were going to air it, but then didn't get it air after it was made. And they're interviewing some of the victims of the Franklin scandal. And they're telling, they're telling stories about being in the White House, being in these prestigious Washington, D.C. homes, and what they were doing at some of these parties. It's absolutely disgusting, you know. And so, you know, the corruption is on both sides, I think, is the takeaway there. And it runs yes. deep on both sides. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're waiting for one team to save you, I don't think it's going to happen. What's well, political compromise? Um, that's why the third chapter in the docuseries is about compromise, right? Yeah. And someone like Epstein is a great example of that. You know, while his while he, he tended to be more a donor of the big of the Democratic Party. Um, I mean, someone like him, he was friendly with Trump. Right. The question is, how much did Trump know and when? Right. Mm -hmm. Because in a way, it's like that's the order of the game at that level of power mm -hmm. is that these people, you know, when you're like, what was it Hastert a few years ago that got outed for, you know, for pedophilia and he was Speaker of the House? I mean. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, at that level of power, these people are, are all deviant in some way sexually, yeah. you know, and like in the old days, it was blackmail. It was used like blackmail through homosexuality was a big thing mm -hmm. all through the, the communist era, right? It was a big way to compromise people. Um, and then once homosexuality became more normalized, although certainly depending on the culture, I mean, you're still like in a Christian biblical culture, right? Bible, Bible something, let's say you're, you're you know, Bible something Republican and you get out as gates, you know, that's a huge thing to cover up. Right. Um, and then at the same time, pedophilia is like a whole other level of, wow, like this compromise, is something you can yeah. compromise and blackmail, blackmail people with yeah. uh, murder. Murder is another thing that can be done, you know, that whether it's, you know, you want a political opponent taken care of or you name, it. I mean, there's, there's so many things that you can compromise politicians with, but mm -hmm. the pedophilia is, is a strange, it's almost like, you know, it's like, why is it, is it like, it seems inordinately prevalent amongst the ruling class, not to say that it doesn't yeah. happen. It probably happens more often than people want to realize. I think as far as the, I mean, I, I was like, I was in a, I was in a group circle, you know, with, with like 10 people. And I think three or four uh, mentioned, you know, being abused, sexually abused as children, wow. you know, and it's like, and both male and female. So, it, it, I would, I don't know. I can't guess. I don't know if it's 20 to 30%, but uh, you know, the point is that it's, it's so yeah. much, it happens so much more often in our society than people want to realize. Oh, and so it's, a, it's, it, if it's that happening that often, it's pretty easy then to compromise people. If you have access to intelligence, which is again, a major reason why intelligence wants to monitor and trace and know everything about everyone. Mm -hmm. It's not because it depends on who's behind it. If, if there's a, you know, if you have, a good guy in power that wants to actually clean up these trafficking rings, right. And actually go after these cartels and, 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 and do, they could, the point is they could, if they really were genuine politicians who cared, they yeah. could, they could <laughs> clean these things up.
mm-hmm. but it's more interesting to have control over it, right? To make mm-hmm. money off of it yeah. and to, to control your political appointees or opponents by knowing about their relationship to these things. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose they maybe groom people that tend to pedophilic tendencies uh, to put them in positions where they can be compromised and, you know, get that footage on them. At least, at least sexual, like he said, like a Clinton, right? Like, I don't know that Clinton, I don't know that he's a pedophile. I know that he certainly, we knew he was, they knew he was a womanizer since, since he was a governor, right? So once they knew that they had all that dirt on him, basically. So it was basically there to, to, you know, keep him in check. Let's say when they put him in position of running for president. Yeah, and he was on Epstein's plane twenty some times, right? So they probably got that's, footage of him doing stuff at Epstein's island. I'm sure. Well, that's that's later though. So that okay. the whole thing with you know him being on Epstein's plane, we know from the 2000s. That's after he's in office. Oh, I'm saying you. before before they put him in as president, they know that he's compromised by the drug trafficking that was going on through Arkansas. Oh, the yeah. American-made movie was about yeah. uh, Barry Seal, the famous trafficker who was flying through Clinton's Arkansas, mm-hmm. but it was really a George Bush Senior operation. But see, mm-hmm. Bush Senior and Clinton, the reason they were, they were always buddy-buddy, the Bush and Clintons, because again, it's like, you know, it's just one big happy family. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican, you're yeah. ultimately serving the same New World Order agenda. Mm-hmm. So uh, Clinton was essentially, he had to have been compromised by various things in order for him to then be appointed or selected to be president. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with the... Um... With the new world order that we seem to be moving ever so closer towards, in in a sense, but at the same sense, not. But at the same sense, yes, as everyone wakes up. Um, it's it's interesting because how, in in your opinion, then, uh, and I guess obviously you you would um, have this possibly in your book. I've not read your book yet. Um, how long? would you say this plan has been in place then for all of this, like for the new world order agenda? Because here's the, like, I, as a child <laughs> being in like, you know, like the like late eighties, remember hearing about this new world order stuff. And it was like a, a whisper kind of thing that you would like, you would hear every now and then, or something would come up and it seems to have been in the works for so long. I mean, as far as maybe what JFK going back as far as then, like when would you so say? long. No, it's longer. It's longer. Longer. Yeah. You could argue Maybe that the eugenics new in the nineteen early nineteen hundreds eugenics movement. No, it's uh, see. It depends on what kind. Okay. See, there's the spiritual, uh, the spiritual war, which mm-hmm. you could say essentially that America was designed to be the new Atlantis, right? That's what Francis Bacon wrote wrote about. That's what the Masons that founded America, in a sense, when they created the Novus Ordo Seclorum, mm-hmm. right? This concept of the seal being the new order, yeah. the new secular order of the ages. Um, so there's aspects of the new world order that you could say date back to the creation of America. But I don't like to get into it too much because that, that's more the mystical side of it. Yeah, Man- Manly P. Can- Hall's uh, Secret Destiny of America. Sorry to interrupt, but that's a really exactly. good book about that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's there is a there's an intention, there's a spiritual intentionality to America. But when I when we say the New World Order that we can point to and say this is documented, this is histor- this is based in historical texts, is really the turn of the 20th century. Um, what happened is that the British empire was coming to a financial crisis and a, and a crisis of control over the planet. Um, they, they didn't have the manpower to basically, they had a quarter of the planet under, under their control, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the manpower to secure it. So they essentially were having these conferences and especially in the, in the wake of the first world war. And they started basically having they like they were having the, the the terminology new world order was in the minutes of these like meetings and whatnot. It was the idea of basically incorporating America into the Commonwealth system. So first, like the empire was going to shift to a Commonwealth, right? That would become more benevolent uh, in terms of its, you know, it's like now 
people don't realize the British Empire still exists. It exists as the Commonwealth. The Queen is still the head of Australia. She's still the head of Canada, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's like it, it gives more. But these countries have have more autonomy, but they don't really have full autonomy, and that's what the people in Australia are coming to realize right, right now. Yeah, <laughs> as they kind of fight back. Right. On this, yeah, uh, Canada's mandate, looking. Right? Canada's right behind them. Yeah. Canada, I don't even know what they're doing if they care, but. Um, the point is that the uh, the Commonwealth system was about uh, giving more like more rights or like gov- governing rights to to the countries themselves, right? Than 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 just governing it from let's say you know from what is it Whitehall from uh, from uh, the Parliament in England. So the point is that as the autonomy was being shifted to the other commonwealth countries the 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 aspiration of the british was to reincorporate america into this commonwealth system and essentially the new world order would be america working hand in hand which is what the special relationship is with england to essentially promote international systems of government and so where you start to see this is things like the World Bank and IMF systems, right? Where it's like these, these global entities are giving loans to countries. And it's been reported throughout the history of, you know, of the 20th century, how many of these loans were basically given in ways to keep those countries in debt slavery, right? You see it in the third world oftentimes. And the whole thing about you know, austerity programs, right? In order to get a loan from the IMF, you need to do implement X, Y, and Z uh, strategy. You need to, uh, you know, grow more cotton or whatever, sell more cocoa, right? Let these international, let these corporations come into your country and extract these minerals. Like that's, this is very much how the new world order has functioned is to, is to get away from the idea of nation states being sovereign over their own land, right? over their own development. So when it comes to energy, for example, technology, growth, f- growth of food, things like this, it was th- that idea was being sort of squelched and replaced with the idea of it's all about the global system, right? So the supply chain, now you look around, you go the supply chain from in America is like we make it in China and ship it across the world. <laughs> yeah. And now there's a, they're all backed up at the port. So we're having yeah. supply chain issues, right? Well, America could be we, we had the, the industrial base to win the Second World War. I mean, that was that's a, that, that undertaking is so massive. The endeavor, the machinery that was built out of this country, and the fact that we stripped our, our machine tool sector, the fact that we, we stripped, shut down these factories, un, you know, uh, disemployed, how do you say, unemployed, uh, yeah, uh, fired, you know, these people that were working in these, in these, in these factories with skilled labor jobs, and basically said, well, we're going to become a post-industrial society. Well, what happens is you end up having to ship in goods from around the world. So you become dependent. That's where the new world order scheme. It's to create a dependency where every country is dependent upon the others and ultimately uh, a, a more centralized uh, authority out that's international would start to take hold. So there was like talk at one point of, you know, the, well, you know, the United States turned to like the uh, UN, for example, to police things if you know if, like we don't want to we can't trust the the police here anymore we can't trust the military here anymore we're going to start to turn to international bodies you see mm-hmm. even the u.s mm-hmm. so that's really what the new world order is about it's about slowly taking the power away from the from the citizen or the sovereign person within the society and shifting it to these international structures mm-hmm. and that's why when trump came in he was so vehement in his opposition to these things the tpp the paris accords the nafta uh you name it you know the the world health organization Mm because he sees that these inner these these institutions are not they 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 are not pro-american you have to you know it's like you have to be the closer you are to the citizens of citizens of america the more you can be representative and reflective of your interests Right, right right These bodies are not that. They're basically they want to they want America to basically shut down industry to stop producing carbon, you know, for for the sake of carbon emission. Yeah. And so that's where this is all going. People don't see. See, this is why conspiracies work because people don't see the long term vision that conspiracies mm-hmm. require. Mm-hmm. They don't happen over a day or a month or a quarter. 
they happen yeah. over 10, 20, 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think some people just don't believe the diabolical intentions of some of the ruling class either. Like they're like, I'm not that evil, so I can't imagine somebody else would be that evil, you know, when it comes to some of the real heavy well, shit. Well, see, the, the, ruling, the ruling class don't see themselves as evil. They see themselves as sort of like, we are, um, we know better, right? Humans are stupid. Yeah. They don't have the right to, they, you know, they, they're uneducated. They don't know what's best for them. So, for example, with the, the Great Reset, the Great Reset of the World Economic Forum, which is really the, the most power, some of the richest people in the world, right? The most powerful people in the world is saying, well, you know, what humans don't need to own anything. Owning is sort of like, a, how do you say, this is a privileged thing. You know, own, ownership is privileged. So everyone should be, should be renting. Everyone should basically be on the dole, you know, receiving from the universal income. And, and ultimately, you know, your social credit indicates what kind of a good citizen you are, right? Yeah. And this is how we're going to organize and control you because they believe that, that otherwise it's chaos. They're scared that, that humans without the order and the organization from, from these benevolent dictators that they conceive themselves to be, uh, they feel like, well, humans will self-destruct or they're too chaotic or they're too dangerous. They can't think for themselves. They can't organize themselves. You see, that's their fundamental belief system. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and here we are with that. And it's, and it's interesting too, like a lot of people, again, with not the knowledge is there, same thing as, you know, again, finding, finding that knowledge, putting it out there having the knowledge of, all right, this is the World Economic Forum. Do you have an idea like who Klaus Schwab is? Do you, have you heard of Davos? And just so many people out there are completely unaware yeah. of that. And it's it's bothersome. Because <laughs> I always say, you know, at the at the micro, they're keeping us distracted with, you know, the, the masks and the vaccines and, and race wars and all this other kind of crap and when you pull up to the macro, that's what you say. You see the long term of like, okay, this is where we are. This is how it's going. Uh, we seem to be in a slow boil here, guys. It's frogs. We've got to get in the mm-hmm. pot. Um, you know, and, and some are the, the crabs in the bucket that are wanting to get out. And then some are pulling them back in. But I just feel like we really, now is the time. We really need to stop, take a, take a look from, from the macro and say like, okay, this is, where things are headed right now and this has actually kind of been going on for a very long time uh and they don't hide it you got the w you know he wrote uh, schwab wrote COVID 19 the great reset like he wrote a book about this it's out there it's not a conspiracy you got the WEF making these videos saying you own nothing and be happy and like they're telling yeah. this to you you know so, so schwab is actually trained by kissinger schwab's oh is that right yeah. his mentor was kissinger and sense. so schwab is directly connected to the new world order lineage Mm-hmm. Because Kiss, okay. you know, that's that's Kissinger, Kissinger's mentorship was from the Anglo. Again, it was like the British imperialists that educated Kissinger's mentor, and these guys. Are, it's a, it's a clear lineage. It's an Anglo-American conception of the empire, mm-hmm. right? But now it's becoming more and more globalized, and figuring out how China is going to be involved. You know, at one point Soros and company were talking about bringing China in as leadership, and now it's more like, well, China has to be involved in the overall. Uh, in order to be a, a world order, China has to certainly be involved, as does Russia. So it's really curious to see how they're going to respond ultimately to this this idea, because that's where people get mixed up. They think that they think this thing is just a communist Chinese conspiracy. Yeah, it's not. Okay, communism doesn't come from China. Communism comes from the the the, the British and uh, you know basically educating and training and working with Karl Marx and company to. Just destabilize the American system of economics. Mm-hmm. The American system is what Lincoln was working under that assumption when he created greenbacks, for example. Right? He didn't go. He didn't keep going and getting loans. How do you say? He was dealing with. He was trying to figure out loans, but he didn't create a central bank system like the Federal Reserve. He started basically issuing money from the Treasury, which is what the Constitution says we can do. Right? We can we can issue our own currency. Yeah. Um, the American system of economics was always predicated on the idea of creativity being the driver of economy and human creativity and labor being the, the, the driver of economy, economy, technology being the driver of economy, right? Uh, 
Marxism was this whole nonsense about class war. It was like, it was just about expropriation. You know, uh, if there's, if there's, how do you say, land, land is the value. In the American system, they said land isn't the value. It's what you do with the land. You have the technology to drain the swamps. You have the technology to, uh, to, to plant and grow. And, you know, as you evolve your technologies, right, you don't need slavery anymore. You have the cotton gin other, and other technologies that evolve this. So you don't have to, you know, so you can actually moving towards mechanized systems of economy are actually like, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, the Marxist conception was really more about like this whole thing of, you know, keeping classes at odds with each other. Uh, people, you know, hating the owners, hating the capitalists, but actually the capitalists as Ford understood, and this is more the American system, the capitalist and the, the businessman need the working class because that's where that, that's, who's going to buy the products you see. So there's, there's a natural harmony of interests between the worker and the employer. And that's, what's being checked essentially by the, by the Marxist system. And again, this is more what socialism is about is about controlling, controlling the laborer, controlling the land, using, having everything basically in the power of government or a sort of a technocracy, right? Government with, with, let's say, uh, the influencers within media um, and the major, you know, the major global corporations. But again, this is monopoly mm-hmm. as opposed to what, democ- what, what capitalism was supposed to be about, which is competition. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't get. So they attack capitalism but they're coming from this idea of let's just give all the power to the, to the centralized corporate state, which doesn't serve your interest at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and now we're moving towards uh, their ne- the next plan, you know, the internet of bodies, internet, internet of internet of things. So they move next to the, the fourth industrial revolution and uh, you know, the, the, Introduction of uh, 5G everywhere across the land, <laughs> which you know I keep saying it's, it's not for it's not for the upload uh, upload speeds, guys. <laughs> like this is uh, infrastructure for long term. Um, at least at least what I what I managed to uh, get the gist out of it anyway, as far as with uh, face identification, um, yeah, controlling crowds, controlling um, stoplights, whatever else have you. Uh, and it's it's really alarming too because with the introduction of these things, um, the new technology, we're not uh, necessarily paying attention to the effects on our health from it either, and in, in going that route and wanting to merge man with computer. <laughs> so yeah, and we still got a medical industry that is you know, in the very mechanical world and the very physical world, and they don't understand the vibrational based reality, you know, and so they don't see how things like 5G could affect you. you Yeah, exactly. You don't like to talk about that. We used to know that cell phones were not supposed to be put to your head and now everyone, you know, has it, has it on (laughs) their person all day, right? It's like, there's a, there's a certain, um, how do you say people are, are surrendering their, their, their safety and their, their, health because they don't realize that they are energy right everything is energy our bodies are energy we're electric and we're electric we're you know we are electric beings that's what uh was it and and ecg is you know it's like it has it operates on that principle of reading our electric uh pulses and outputs so yeah um when people are laughing at this whole like oh 5g makes you sick ha 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 so it's it's not it's it's not difficult to fathom how 5G operates at a, at a wavelength that's shorter. So they have to put cell towers, small cell towers everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah, and little boxes and, everywhere. Yeah. yeah, and we used to say, like, don't you don't want to live next to a cell tower. Now they're going to put it on every block. Yeah. So they're blanketing you, but they're also pushing this electric car thing, which is basically like you're living inside of, you know, you're operating inside of a battery when you're, when you're in electric, when you're inside of an electric car. Mm. You see, it's just a massive battery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are ourselves batteries. We are not in touch with that for the most part. There are some who are, you know, aware and in touch with the electricity and the energy that we are, but yeah. many people are just, are just unconsciously thinking that they're just physical bodies. And that's why they're still playing into this, this, this delusion that Western medicine preys upon, right? Mm-hmm. Which is only treat the symptoms. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Don't actually understand the holistic being. 
And mm-hmm. again, the, the connection but that essentially, you know, I don't want to get too much into it, but like essentially the connection that every organ has, for example, to, to each other, to our, you know, to, you name it, you know, every system is connected in such a way that we've specialized that we've made it all such that, you know, you need to focus every, every doctor has has to specialize and focus on a particular area. Right. Right. And, and oftentimes they're not allowed to really look at the, again, the electro or energetic nature of the being and they don't have the technology to do so now the technology is out there it's available it's predicated more in like you know the tesla approach let's say to to the universe um and there are good doctor good doctors and you know an alternative medicine healers i think that are that are using them but for the established western medicine they do not do not look at the the whole being in any controlled western medicine world you know correct so, well, they, I think that's something that people. I think that's a big red pill for people too. Is understanding the Rockefeller, how he took over the medical world back in was it the twenties or the eighteen or the nineteen tens? How he kind of took over the medical schools, took over the textbooks. They we built them. Anybody that was natural and herbalistic and holistic, and mm-hmm. uh, you know would get them arrested or kicked out of the establishment for one. Yeah. And then uh, everybody that came out of those schools, they just they don't learn anything about nutrition. They don't learn anything about energy. And, you know, I was a personal trainer for about a decade and I trained a lot of doctors and they would tell me they only get like three to four hours of nutrition in their eight years of medical school, maybe three or four hours of that. They talk about vitamins and minerals and nutritional, you know, intake. And I'm like, yeah, a doctor, like that should be half of what you're doing. I mean, it's crazy. And then they, then they, then the mainstream media mocks it and they're like, there are people who think that food is medicine. it's like like, where do you think medicine comes from from right i mean it's like medicine is not concocted in a lab you know they they can create synthetic versions of what nature does right but all the things that are it's like there was it was one of the great things was a crouching tiger hidden dragon it was talking about back you know that great film like from 20 years ago and it was like everything in nature basically there's like there's a everything that nature creates there's an antidote for right every everything that and poisons in the right dosage are medicine that's why there's a lot of people like there's some people i've seen who are doing great work with like um snake venom right they're using like snake venom to like to 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 heal things and to like to stay healthy um because poison in the right dosage is medicine Mm -hmm. but everything ultimately like that we're consuming into our body of course it's either it's either making us you know how do you say more imbalanced or more in in uh, either imbalanced or imbalance, right? That's the way we have to look at it. And our bodies, everyone's body is a little bit different, as you know, from training people, right? Some people, they can drink and smoke until they're 80 and, <laughs> they, you know, and, and, they're, and they're like, you know, and they'll die yeah, at that yeah. age. Yeah. Others, you know, they, 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 they partied and did too many drugs in their 20s and in the 30s, their bodies have gone all out of whack. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like this whole one size fits all of the Western model is such dangerous, it dangerous. Is. Like this is, and this is where, again, this is where socialism plays upon this idea. That's like, it's just, it's literally just a mechanized socialized society where everyone has to do what is greater for the common good. Do not look at the individual, do not treat the individual, do not respect and honor the, the sovereignty and the integrity of the human being as an individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything seems to be against that to keep the individual spirit down, and um, I don't know. It all seems too contrived to not be a conspiracy because <laughs> it exactly. across the board in like every aspect. Yeah, it's just it's just so um, you know having that way of thought is just absolutely mind mind blowing, especially just being in like you know, fitness, being in the in the fitness industry, coming from the fitness industry having that spiritual connection and just thinking like, what, (laughs) like, why, why are we, you know, there's, there's no one size fits all with that. And, and even, you know, what's great, you know, even moving into like, uh, like with like plant medicines and everything, like they all work individually for the person, right. It's, it's all going to be individual, um, how they interact with your body and everything is, you know, trying to, like with the with all these mandates and like with the vaccines and stuff, um, you know, it's it's just absolutely mind blowing that um, 
it's, it's just all getting swept underneath the rug. Like there's no, there's no paying attention to it. Like the machine just keeps going. It seems like we're on this, this snowball and it's like, Hey guys, like this is not, it's not exactly working for everybody, but it's like, let's just, just keep doing it and let's just keep going with it. But there is, you know, I guess a method to the madness. So they say with that. There's, there's certainly an intention, you know, it's yeah. just, you have to ask yourself why, what is the motivation to, to force the most dangerous vaccine in history for the, one of the least deadly viruses in history yeah. on everybody. Mm-hmm. It's not and about if you health. just ask yourself that question, you're not going to, you know, the an- you're not going to find the answer from the mainstream media. No, no, no. <laughs> Especially the same mainstream media that suppressed every other treatment for yeah. this so-called deadly yeah. virus that yeah. they won't even acknowledge, you know, uh, come on. It's just like, well, and you know, at this point, and, you know, yeah. I mean, hydroxychloroquine last year, it's like, oh, that's crazy because Trump said it. And then like ivermectin comes out and it's like, oh, well, you know, that's just horse dewormer. I mean, yeah, like, you know, know, this is this is this is exactly this is this is criminally stupid, but it's it's more than that. I mean, again, when the FDA is intentionally suppressing it. okay, there's an agenda here. Right. Right. Agenda. When you can go look up all these studies that show that they've studied it for COVID specifically and how, how well it works. Not to mention it was a Nobel Prize in these other areas and billions of people have taken it safely. Oh, Bill Gates and, may, had actually funded a study, Bill, uh, Bill and Melinda, Melinda Gates study, actually, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation um, funded a study on ivermectin as well early on. I mean, they all, they all know. <laughs> they all know. You well, know? Of course, well, the first that's study why, on, I, yeah. The first study about hydroxychloroquine, if you remember, um, they did that fake study that came out in the Lancet. And yes. it was their big like push against it. And then they like some people looked into it and it was completely made up yep. and completely fabricated. And they had to pull it from the Lancet. And like, why would they need to put that? And why would a prestigious body of knowledge that these doctors go to to find it, you know, the stuff that they're supposed to know? Why would they put this fake study in there? Something's up. <laughs> exactly. But again, when he realized that, he said, Bill and Melinda Gates are the biggest sponsors of the WHO, right? Their yeah. names are on everything yeah. as far yeah. as, you know, that's, you're talking, you know, one of the richest people in the world, right? In the foundation, where yeah. do they put the money? And it's just like, you know, people have to ask themselves. It's, it's basic common sense. You're trying to help Africa. Um, where are the irrigation projects? Mm-hmm. Where's the, you know, the farming infrastructure? Yeah. Water. Right. Where's yeah. the where's the infrastructure in general? Yeah. Oh no, we're not going to finance invest in any of that. We're going to stick needles in people. Yeah, and really? that operation like what happened in Kenya with Gates and Gabby went to Kenya. They put a sterilization agent in a tuberculosis vaccine, gave it to hundreds of thousands of girls there, and there was these Catholic bishops there at the time that saw something was suspicious. They checked into this vaccine. There was a sterilization agent that has no other purpose to be in there other than to sterilize people that the who had a patent on back in the 80s and they found this in this tuberculosis vaccine and it sterilized i think like a million women or something yeah and of course nothing happened left you know washed their hands yeah no it's the gates is gates is criminal record i mean india (laughs) talk to india about that they um yeah there was a lot of injuries also from the polio thing i think that they were right the polio vaccine they were Mm -hmm. administering there yeah, there's polio now like more wild cases of polio, or there's more cases of polio in the world that exist from the vaccine than from the wild virus. <laughs> so that's yeah. I mean, again, it's like the things that people just yeah, at some point you got to trust your common sense, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's that's where it just it boggles my mind that people have surrendered their common sense. They they are mm-hmm. so dependent upon the media telling them what to think that they've surrendered their own ability to be like, eh. We know it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, the twin, like the Twin Towers being taken down by two, two planes taking down three buildings. And you're like, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make sense. You know, they all, they all collapse in the exact same manner. I mean, you know, if you're playing like, you know, I say, even if you're playing like billiards, right? And you hit like, you hit balls at like two totally different angles, but they both went in the pocket the same exact way. You'd be like, that's, that doesn't really make sense, right? Like, yeah. how, yeah. how do you say, but here you have, you're hitting these two towers with two completely different angles. Of where the planes enter them, but they both collapse in the exact same manner, and the third one does too. But there's no one even hit that one. (laughs) No, we talked about they all collapse in the exact same manner. Just like, just like basic questioning skills. Yeah, Yeah. like some curiosity. Like people just lack that curiosity to just 
you know, look yeah. in a little deeper than what you're seeing on the mainstream news, and you'll find this information pretty easily. Yeah. Why was <laughs> Why was there a uh, you know Why was there a um, uh, Was they have a insurance claim taken out shortly after something like that, or shortly before? Right before. Sure. Right before. Yeah. On, on the building. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, I mean, other, other, it was an empty. It was. It was. It was a lot. It was uh, very empty. Those both those buildings. They were sort of, uh, I think, financially. I don't think they were really doing well for for the owner. Yeah. Um, there mm-hmm. was like asbestos issues, I believe. There was mm-hmm. uh, there was asbestos. There was all kinds of renovation questions. It was like, yeah, it was it, financially speaking, just from ownership's perspective, it, it made sense to destroy the buildings. Yeah. But again, that doesn't necessarily prove that he did it. I'm yeah. just saying that there's there's much more to just it. Big coincidence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like just like the just like the options the. Um, you know the shares that were sold on um, on American Airlines right before um, yeah. there was some major you know some major spikes in terms of sales like people selling the stock on American right before the uh, 2001. Oh yeah, yeah, and we're seeing a lot of that now everywhere. I mean, no one still even addressed the whole issue at the beginning of 2020, like all the CEOs that had quit. Yeah, before, <laughs> beforehand, and then you know, just seeing all the the trading and the, everything on. I mean, it's just. They, they go after one person for insider training, but I mean, it seems like they need to go after a lot more mm-hmm. with that. Like people in Congress. <laughs> well, the next, the next, the next documentary we're putting out is called uh, "Masters of Illusion," I was and just it does say. deal. It does deal with the Wall Street, you know, criminality, uh, insider trading, fraud, all these different topics that people should be aware of. Nice, nice stuff. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, you've got that, and I was like, yeah, Matt, Wall Street Masters of Illusion, and uh, yeah, you've got a couple things coming out. What, what, is, what is, what's the, what's the next, what is the next thing coming out for you here? Because I was looking at your, at your IMBD, and I was like, oh shit, yeah, um, a couple coming no, out, that, that's for sure. No, yeah, no, no, just, just Masters of Illusion. That's the next yeah. thing um, that will drop, um, hopefully, early next month. Early next month. Is that going to be a series or just a one episode thing? Just or? the doc. Yeah, it's a documentary. That I that I produced, um, Robert David Steele, who who EP'd the uh, best kept secret. He also uh, EP'd. Uh, he wanted us to do a documentary about Wall Street, you know, criminality, corruption, and and all that. So that's this is also um, one of his legacies mm. before he passed on. Mm. Mm. Very, that's great. Very cool. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Well, don't want to keep you any much longer. Uh, we've talked your ear off for an hour, I know, and I just feel like it's only just the tip of the iceberg on that. There's so many other <laughs> things that we could have sure. touched on for sure. Um, just between, like, a, I mean, MK Ultra and everything else, so many other topics. No, but that's Jay Parker and Biden being in the same oh, village. Gosh. <laughs> so much stuff, but everyone. Please go and check out The Best Kept Secret. Uh, you can find that on Vimeo. You can find that on a 107, what is that, 107? Daily. 107 Daily. 107 Daily. And where else do you have that? I feel like you have that. Ike's oh, I think website. Ike's got that um, on his David website. David Ike's website, iconic.com. Iconic.com, .com, yeah, that's there. But yeah, you can download it, you can watch it, um, get up to speed on it because you guys it's it's time we really wake up (laughs) i mean uh sean's been beating the drum now for well over a decade (laughs) many people are are waking up to it now yeah and uh, i would like to just say too like whenever i try to talk to some of my friends about this kind of stuff they're just like is there like a cheat sheet or condensed version of all this stuff you know because this kind of stuff we know we've spent hours looking at right and learning other stuff Uh, but your documentary, Best Kept Secret, is like where people can go find all that. It's just like red pill after red pill after red pill. And we've like had to stop it and rewind it and be like, every time like a new uh, kind of fact came to light or another piece of a puzzle came to us, we'd have to stop, go look that thing up, learn about it a little bit, and then continue. So it's just so much good information like condensed into these half hour episodes in a really easily to digest fashion. So people need to go watch. Glad. That was that was the intention for sure, you know, was yeah. to make it a, a red pill journey for yeah. anyone who doesn't, so, like you said, who that, doesn't have the time to do the research or like, you know, they just want the cliff notes. I'd be like, this, this is it. This will give you exactly. in six episodes how they control our reality. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And I mean, it's it, they're. They're controlling it. They are engineering it. I mean, and and here we are, 
letting them know this is we, we really have to stop I'm, I'm really serious uh guys like it's it's about time we we take a look and we really just open our eyes and lift the veil um you know because the clock is ticking and i really feel that time is of the essence so thank you so much sean for your time and your work and yeah look forward to all of your new work coming out i'm definitely going to be taking um a peek here at some of your older work and getting uh caught up on that because like i said um some of these here uh you've been you've been telling the story for a very long time and a lot of people are just waking up to it now so it is time it is time the great awakening the great, the great awakening, awakening indeed yes. we are here <laughs> keep shedding that light on the uh, darkness awesome thank, well, thank you. you so much you too. you too guys thank you Thank you. Thank take you. care. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Becoming Unfuckwithable. If you believe you're unfuckwithable, go ahead and share this podcast.